Thank you for being here. If you listen regularly, you immediately notice that I don't have my usual intro. And that is because today I'm doing a special episode in recognition of October being Pregnancy and Infant Loss Month. This episode is sponsored by my upcoming book, Still Making a Hole When Parts Go Missing. And it will be coming out either later this year or early next year. This is a book that is about my own journey 16 some years ago of welcoming into our family a stillbirth son and how we process trauma and grief as a family as I did it internally and how we invited our community into that. And you can join the wait list on my website at drkimber.net. That's D-R-K-I-M-B-E-R.net to receive the information when it's available. So over the years, I've sat with many people, friends, clients in the throes of grief. And a death of a baby at any age is significant. And I personally think we need better words than miscarriage. I think early stillbirth is better, but I think that at least in Western society, we need to make some shifts, like recognizing even if your baby dies under 12 weeks. It's devastating. And even me saying even if, right? Like the minute you know you're pregnant, You've welcomed a baby into your family and your whole world is reshaped in that moment. If your baby dies and you haven't told anyone because in your mind, well, babies are fragile, which they are. But see, you will never have now a breezy pregnancy where you're just going along and only have momentary moments of anxiety No, now it's no longer a concept that's out there. Instead, it's inside of you. And your pregnancies are going to involve battling your own internal anxiety of whether this next baby will be able to live outside the womb. So we all need company no matter the age of our loss and sitting with infant or young child loss, well, this is a burden that no one should carry alone. Here, we can have such a large potential for shame. The questions of what I did wrong, what were the signs I didn't see, how could I have done that, and on and on, and, you know, the NICU babies, and just there's so many things that can go on inside of us when we don't invite others into our devastation. We can really have a difficult time putting together a coherent story, a story that holds all the reality. Today's episode, I'm going to read some of the poems, the journal entries I wrote during my journey of making a whole from all the pieces. Because when we're in the vortex of grief, We can have very few words and putting words together to make a sentence can feel impossible. Brain fog is the norm in devastating grief. So my hope is that my words can put words to your experience and that those grief parts inside of you, there's too many 
in the devastating loss. We have to go back and pick up the pieces over and over again. And so I hope that this is an invitation for you to find pieces of your story that you've unconsciously or consciously lost along the way and you can begin weaving them back into your internal spaces. So all your feelings are welcome. I want you to know above all else you are not alone. So let me begin. Under the moon. Under the moon my baby lives, then wide awake with the sun, he's dead. Reality leaving me speechless over and over again. This is a journal entry. You'd be three months old. I want that mama you belong to me look as I walk into your room after your nap and see your eyes brighten as they meet mine while your arms and legs kick with excitement. I can almost feel you in my arms as I gaze at you. I wish I could feed you, hear your hungry smacking lips against my flesh and feel your silky pink skin. I wish I could write about all the things that are changing between us, what you observe, if you like to sleep, if you suck a finger, a thumb, or a whole hand. I imagine myself writing it all down in your journal, the black leather one I purchased a month before your death. I try to keep myself from imagining in fantasy, you here with us, because wishing like this keeps my mind from moving forward and accepting what's before me. At least, that's what my therapist self tells me when I end up in the proverbial weeds of anger and frustration after fantasizing you're here in the house. Letting go, letting go of you ever laying in the bassinet, with blue plaid and yellow squiggle patterned edges, letting go of you sucking on the wooden circular duck I'd gotten for you at Los Coyotes cards and gifts, letting go of seeing your wrapped body in the Mariners and Seahawks quilt my mom made for you, letting go of the pureed carrots you'd spray from your mouth, arsenal style, because you didn't like them. Letting go of feeling your hand gripped around my index finger or feeding you in the middle of the night. I'm stopping my mind from imagining a present or future that isn't real because I missed the moments I had. Instead of experiencing your body against my rib, I wished you'd stop because it was uncomfortable. A redo of that moment would be, oh, thank you, little one, for finding your way to the most painful spot where you could snuggle. Maybe we can renegotiate. I wish I could have spoken softly while I pushed you down with my hand and belly to gently persuade you to move down. I wish I would have spent less time resenting my headaches, instead replacing it with gratitude that you are growing and changing inside of me. I've committed to stop trying to get away from pain and suffering. Instead, I'm learning to find the good 
the true, the connection present in this pain and suffering. I'm recognizing that the trauma can rob me of this awareness, making my mind only go to what isn't, making me feel alone and ashamed and on guard for the next thing to go wrong. Now I'm leaning in to how to create a story that holds it all. Pain, suffering, laughter, joy, connection, sorrow, devastation. Moment by moment, I'm finding the broken pieces inside of me and weaving an emotional tapestry that makes a whole. A voice in need. I'm sitting here with nothing to give. A shell of a human full of grief rather than fulfilled desires. Can you sit with me, my friend? Can you sit with me and not try to move me out of my despair? Can you trust that I, in time, will move myself, but only with your company? Only with your patient, enduring company. I need grace. I have none to give myself. I think I killed him. Surely I did something wrong. Surely it has to be so, so I don't have to sit in the uncertain promise of this may happen again. Can you free me from my bondage without uttering a word, without trying to fix me, without telling me it's been too long to stay in this grief? I sit here while those women I was pregnant with have babies in their arms. While I know they are up late at night feeding baby mouths, while I'm up late feeding only my own. Can you be with me while I only have need? This next poem was inspired by the song Held by Natalie Grant, and I've titled it the same, held. Providence would take a child from his mother. We're asking why this happened. Yet, this is the promise. This is what it means to be held. Meals brought. Funeral foods made. Funeral program created. A scrapbook. Looking into faces of tears. Brownies cookie dough, purchasing bronzing kits, offers to be available, cards, chocolates, dropping everything to watch our daughter, living in the ordinary with us. We are being held in every tear. You aren't alone. In every, this totally sucks. In every come here, tears are welcome, words unnecessary. Yes, we are being held. Longings, unfulfilled. Fingers tenderly touching my belly, circling, massaging, willing, a bump to form. 
1,489 days and counting. Intimate caresses, jaded. Touches not for pleasure, now for a purpose. Willing the blood flow to stay away as cramps rise again month after month. The house gets quieter as longings grow deeper until the muscle dragon grinds his teeth, then tears flow along with blood. Basketballs, footballs, volleyballs alike disappear under t-shirts in private moments to practice positive thinking of cradling happening in the softness of flesh. Moments of fantasy bumps in the mirror leave an ache as one line never becomes two, as plastic sticks are thrown away, baby pinks and blues come and go at parties in the honor of another, blessed one, normal one, someone who most deserves one. For how long will I be out of the club? A thousand, four hundred, eighty-nine days and counting. Make me a poet. Make me a poet that I might find my way to the countryside in the presence of an ash blonde daughter's pigtails whose eyes take me back to the summer sky where I drove a tractor round and round the field cutting grass. Make me a poet that I would not miss the eye twinkle connected to the smile curved lips as my seven-month-old giggles in anticipation of another round of peekaboo. Make me a poet, so that a day of bad physical pain can be overthrown by the wonder and mystery all around me, like the pair of golden eagles landing in a nearby tree, and the meadow flowers filling my visual pockets empty from living in concrete known as the city. Make me a poet so that I may live. Please don't judge my grief. Please don't judge my grief. Yes, I have a second son, but how can he replace the one? Elisha was born with a thin layer of dark hair, his older brother bald. Elisha's almond-shaped, ocean-blue eyes stare at me, his vocals engaged. Only the lids did I see on baby Long Beach, and I heard nothing. Their sibling connection seen in their long fingers and their wide, flat feet. But the use of these limbs are as different as life and death. Elisha's presence in our family has not erased a longing for baby Long Beach. My heart has been expanded to be the mother of one daughter, two sons. Should you rob me of grieving with you, you will miss experiencing the bond of 34 weeks with baby Long Beach. Wanting me to look at the bright side speaks about your uncomfortableness, not my inability to move on. My grief doesn't rob me of loving my earth-living children, 
Rather, it connects me to living in the only place it can happen, the moment of right now. Do you not think I can love Eden and Elisha while grieving the loss of one? No. Then you have not processed grief. Grief composites your insides until the fertility of love is overbearing. The weight of loving another isn't something that can be replaced. It's something that is learned to be lived with. It's something that is felt in every pore of our being, if we're lucky can be composited to feed roots of gratitude. Not a gratitude of, I'm grateful this happened, but a gratitude that cultivates hope, even in devastation. If we're lucky, it can be composited into feeling both burdened and joy. That I have learned how to smile, sometimes laugh, when life could rob me of such facial movements. Do I have space? Dividing my love for three children between two. Some days it's an easier burden to carry when I delight alongside my living children. Some days I only feel the absence of the one. Not another day. A funeral motorcade passed me while I ran. Pain of an internal force caught my breath. Tears mixed with sweat. A living soul is no more. Gone. I find no peace in the idea of a future reuniting. I long only for the now. For what I don't have. Anger. It is difficult to justify being angry at the one who with but a breath created me, who gave me his son willingly. Yet, in my brokenness, I feel angry. Why didn't I have a healthy son? So many others do. Why not me? For how long must I suffer? I feel a fool to be angry. Who am I in light of you? Maker of heaven and earth, eternal God, omnipotent God, Yet my wee, small, whiny voice explodes. I made a connection. You took him away. I can't make another. I don't want to tell Eden her baby brother can't come down from heaven to play or sleep in her bedroom. I detest that her four-year-old innocence was robbed June 29th. She is no longer a stranger to death. No, she knows it intimately now. And you could have stopped it. Why didn't you? In my pain, I want to punish you, retreat, believe less, yet I'd be the fool punishing me. I love you because I was first loved by you. I serve you, a God who chose to lose his son so that I may live, sacrificed for me. His blood shed for me, his body broken for me, angry? Only in my pathetic, self-centered brokenness, which is real. My pain is real, the perseverance is real, yet I am not alone. I haven't been abandoned. 
I have been yet given eternal life. I will meet my son one day because of your plan, your will, your kingdom. You live in me. You hear my anger and don't respond likewise. Your love pours over me even when I am angry. Take my entitlement from me. Transform my anger to humility. Who am I? I am the daughter of the eternal and one true king who loves me and deserves my recognition. The Worm The worm writhed on the dry, cold pavement. I perceived it as helpless and played shepherd. Bringing it forth onto green, bladed pastures, I ran on, smiling only with my eyes. To do otherwise would have exaggerated my feeling. Today, a worm lay dead on the dry, cold pavement. Doubt clouded my mind. Had I been moved by compassion or moved by power, helper or disabler, playing God or moved by God? I looked for a worm today. Darkness. Though darkness surrounds me, you are here. I don't care. I want to sit and mope. Can't you go away? Can't you allow me to be in peace? I don't want to face my brokenness. I only want to sulk in the wrong that has been done to me. Don't bother meeting me in the darkness. You aren't welcome. Do I have to reject you? Ah, that type of darkness is scary. It's cold, the type of cold that hurts as it unthaws. At least here, in my complaints against you, I feel the safety to pout. So leave me be, wallowing, moaning, but don't go too far. I need you to hear my complaints until I'm sick of saying them, until I'm ready to pick up the pieces to find a hole with your help. So I want to end today with a poem that was given to me by my sweet sister, Gina Mamano Vanderkam, who went to be behind the veil May 5th, 2019. And what a joy it would have been to hear this in her voice. But she sent this to me when she heard our son had died. And so I want to give you her words. For Kimber, he lives in the gorgeous memory of floating the eternal sea of your womb the sweet pulse of heart and amniotic, bathing him in a world of blanketed wonder. Oh, how he loved being inside. This place you created, this temple of sacred community carved out of soul and Sabbath, awaiting room 
of love and maternal commitment before entering the Holy of Holies. With tears in all of my love, dear friend, Gina. Thank you for being with me. I hope that you have found company in those places of your life that have been devastated. And may we continue to pick up the broken pieces and weave them into the whole inside of us, transforming them into something we could have never imagined. Be well. Until next time.